0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Smart Business Solutions, the official podcast of GBS, America's productivity partner. Each episode, we are going to explore some of the biggest threats and challenges in today's business world and the vast amount of solutions
1: GBS offers to meet them. Well, hello and welcome back to Smart Business Solutions, the official podcast of GBS. With us today is Michael Welch, Senior Product Manager with Avery Dennison. Mike has been with Avery for 22 years and is responsible for Avery's product line that's geared towards electronics, automotive, appliances, and the security markets. Mike is a graduate of Texas University and holds a master's of business degree in marketing and a bachelor's degree in economics. So on today's show, we're beginning and really uh, continuing a discussion on brand protection And we're gonna be doing a series of shows with respect to brand protection and product labeling and packaging. And we're kicking it off today with Mike. So before we get into the questions, Mike, I'd like to welcome you and thank Thank you you for for taking the time to be with us today. I know you had a few challenges getting here today. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) But we do appreciate you coming into the studio and being with us and, and giving us your time and expertise. So it's great to have you. So if you would, Mike, tell us a little bit more about your background and your experience in brand protection and just with Avery in in general.
0: So really, uh, the experience comes from years. (laughs) Um, So I've been at at Avery uh, 20, 22 years, started in tapes. I was the prime film product manager. I was the specialty film product manager security product manager, now durable film product manager. So, I mean, gotcha. I've, I've been to lots of converters, been to lots of end users, mm-hmm. and just over time, you you pick up information. So,
1: <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. So, e- even though we, we've kind of covered brand protection in some previous episodes, uh, it's been a little while since we've touched on that. So, we were uh, wondering if you could kind of give the listeners a refresher on on what we mean when we, when we use the term brand protection. What, what are we actually talking about there in a broad sense? Sure. I mean,
0: it, it kind of is what it is. So if you look at, we would define brand protection in sort of two different ways. There's the tamper evident piece, which ensures the product quality, that the fact that it hasn't been tampered with. And then there's the authenticity piece, which would be, um, say, counterfeit goods. So both of those elements kind of go into uh, an overall brand protection.
1: Okay. So basically just taking measures and, and actions proactively to protect your your brand, your product, your, your image, your reputation, I guess, really in the marketplace from people copying you and, and essentially stealing your products. In one yeah. way or another. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. So I guess I'm curious too, the, the events of the, the past eighteen months and everything we've kind of gone through and, and are still going through actually yeah. with the with the pandemic. I'm kinda curious to to see how that has affected the the industry and, and your business and kind of what you, you guys are currently seeing out there with respect to, to brand protection during the pandemic. So if
0: you look at so years ago when people would talk, you know, brand protection. In people's head, it would be high value. Mm -hmm. So you would look at a pharmaceutical product and say, okay, I'll have multiple levels of authenticity, tamper evidence, what have you. Mm -hmm. They'll put everything into it because it can afford it. And then you look at alcohol, spirits, uh, perfumes, kind of anything of, of value.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: that's when they were starting looking at, you know, what sort of labeling can we put on it? So that was kind of in the past. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then last year with COVID, I think there was an explosion on the security side and it's, it's lower value items. Anyone who's been to, uh, you know, had food delivered from Uber Eats or Grubhub right. and, and there's a label on the bag, to basically say, okay, we made, you know, we made your your burger and whatever it hasn't been tampered with because y- you don't know who that driver is. Right, right. And so so I think on the security side it's exploded in that regard. And then the the other piece of it is so many people were ordering online. Yeah. So Amazon kind of exploded and and when you look at it, you have goods coming from Amazon and then you have fulfilled by Amazon. So right. third party providers. And, and when you, you order from a third party, you may not actually get that product from that person. If there's a, if there's a closer product, it may actually come from an even different third party. Theoretically. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And, and so there's a, an, an anonymity you know, normally you'd go into a grocery store and you order something, you see the product. Right. Now when you get it from a third party off an Amazon, that's when things like the tamper evidency and the authenticity became more and more important for a, a broad variety of goods. So instead of just having these very high-end items with very expensive holographic solutions, tag-ins, threads, what have you, you're seeing from the the, the lowest to highest a security, you know, product going on to it of some sort.
1: That's that's really interesting, and and yeah, I mean, I am as guilty as anybody, I guess, of <laughs> when I shop on Amazon all the time. I think it's 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 you know the convenience of it you can't beat. But yeah, I've I've always kind of wondered about that. It's interesting what you said about the third party thing because it'll say on there, yeah, fulfilled by Amazon or mm-hmm. fulfilled by third party seller. And mm-hmm. I always wondered, well, who who is that? You know, right. and where, and and you know, I'm sure they have. Processes in place to check for authenticity, authenticity with respect to those things. I would think, or maybe you're, you're... they uh, they
0: don't actually see it. I mean, oh, so, I see. Yeah, okay. So you are you are trusting, and Amazon is trusting that that third party seller is offering authentic goods or haven't been tampered with. So there's a interesting. There's a there's a trust factor that you're basically giving it to that person. Uh, An interesting thing that Amazon has done in Europe, and we're trying to figure out if it will translate to the U.S., is fulfilled by Amazon, all products that are um, so topical, shampoos, um, Mm -hmm. things that would touch your face, brushes, etc. They have to have a tamper evident seal on it. Oh. So if, if they don't, um, what will happen is if you try to return that product, Amazon won't give that company credit for it. So anything fulfilled by Amazon on a couple different categories, if there isn't a... And there's, there's some marks, there's some labels, they have some guidelines on what it is. But if it's not on there, you as a consumer would get a refund but them as a seller will not so that's a potentially huge deal
1: coming up oh wow interesting so that's something you said that they're kind of working on it's in europe towards it's the, in
0: europe to, now to the, okay but i assume the way amazon works is they would translate it to
1: other regions right so right. interesting but I mean, I, I guess your point in, in, is, in, in general is, is a really good one that, you know, you, you, we've seen brand protection go from this thing where only the, the highest dollar value goods uh, or the, I guess the makers, manufacturers of those goods would invest money in brand protection. But now we're seeing it at all levels, all companies, all goods because of the the way that i guess people we just we do business and consumers expect to kind of see that and have that expectation that when they order something it's authentic and it's right. and it and it is what they thought they were buying Correct. so yeah so that's really interesting and your point about the the DoorDash and Uber Eats and stuff. I have a little experience there too, so I've done some <laughs> done some of that ordering. And those right. stickers. I remember last year those stickers started showing up, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a little, little, just a little extra added mm-hmm. uh, security there for the for the consumer. So, very interesting. Okay, so you touched on it just a, a few minutes ago, just a bit, but I'm interested if you could kind of explain to to us the difference really between tamper evident and anti counterfeiting because i guess when i when i initially had thought about brand protection i kind of used those terms inter- interchangeably mm-hmm. but i think there's really a little more to it than that isn't there
0: yeah i mean so I, again tamper evident is an easy one it means exactly what it is you you buy a product you buy a piece of software you buy anything and you expect that the product is in there and it hasn't been adulterated. Uh, An easy one is you could go to uh, Best Buy and buy whatever, uh, memory, something like that, some Mm -hmm. electronic good. Yeah. Open it up, put a brick in it, return the product. It's not that that doesn't happen. Or, you know, um, you have orange juice or you have uh, baby formula. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. buy baby formula, you want it to be exactly what you're trying to buy. Right, um, and right. so that's the Tamp Revenant. I mean, tamper evident is, is a few different ways. You know, if you look at Simply Orange is an mm-hmm. easy one because you have two different uh, features on it. You have a label going around the neck. You know, it's going around the cap and attaching to the neck. Right. You break that. If it's broken, you know, it's been open. It's been open. Yeah. And then when you when you open that off, you have another cap that you have to kind of pull off. Y- yeah. Yeah. So so those are all indicating that the product hasn't been tampered with. You know, you have, and I know we'll get to it, but but multiple different types of up tamper evident, from you as a, a converter, putting, you know, security cuts into a label. Or products that break apart, products that could be void.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Again, I know we'll get into those, but mm-hmm. but that's the the tamper evidence side. Um, the kind of the the anti-counterfeit authenticity. That's more on a different scale. If you look at, you know, uh, I think in Europe, I think what was it? Ten billion, you know, pills. So pharma pills oh, yes. um, yeah, were yeah. were counterfeit. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the the billions and billions and billions of dollars that are going into counterfeit goods. So they look like it. The labels may look like it. The product might look like it, but it's not that good. And that's mm. when um, you start getting into, you know, anti-counterfeit labels are, are different. In that, you know, they can be overt. You would see something. So they want you to see there's a label on there, a, a ball cap. So baseball that yeah. has the authenticity sticker. Yes. That would be an yes. overt feature. It says, hey, I'm authentic. Uh, a covert feature could be in the label. There could be a, a tagant. So um, you would put a reader near it and the reader would go off and say, yes, I'm the right tagant in there or kind of more sophisticated and and this is when we're getting to uh, intelligent labeling. Mm-hmm. So there could be a there could be a chip on it. So you put a reader up against it and it says, you know, I know that serial number, that good is valid. Or, you know, even on the, the label side they're encoding data. So you could have a, a series of threads going through a label. You print the label, you digitize a particular area, and so then that particular area has a serial code. Then later you have a a simple smartphone, the camera on it. Mm -hmm. You take a picture of that and it says, okay, that's the serial number that goes with those threads. It's authentic. And so the, the smart labeling I think is is going to rise dramatically much faster than anything else because it's it's easy on the consumer to read that it's authentic and there are protections put in place to ensure that.
1: Right. No, that's that's great. And and I'm going to I'm going to jump ahead in our questions here a little mm-hmm. bit because you've you've kind of touched on the different types of materials mm-hmm. and I know that was one of the things we wanted to to cover. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know obviously like a a, like you said a smart label contains electron. I mean, there's stuff in there. There's electronics and there's chips in there, right? right? Versus a a traditional paper label that would just be on your you know pair of jeans when you when you buy that. Could could be. So there are
0: on on the fiber tracker. So on the threads, there's no chip on there. Okay. You're actually imaging. It's sort of like on uh, on currency. If you put a $20 bill up and you see blue and red threads going throughout there, they're random threads. So if you take a picture of those random, you know, the randomness of the label, that can be serialized. So there's no chip on there. However, when you're looking at um, kind of track and trace, then you would have some sort of RFID or NFC chip on it. So. A lot of these, and it kind of goes back to what we said, and, and, and maybe we'll answer one of the questions, goes back to value. And so mm-hmm. if you have a, uh, a $1 bottle of water, you want it to be authentic, right. you want it to not be tampered with, but you're also not going to put an RFID chip on it. Right. it the cost is too much. Now you, mm-hmm. you may put that on a case. So so mm-hmm. again, you look at the value of the goods and those sort of dictate what features you're going to put on it. And then as you kind of go up in the, the value chain, you'll put multiple layers. So, so labels will have, you know, three, four, five, six plus security features on it when you get to very high end pharmaceutical goods, et cetera.
1: Right. And no and that's a great point and, and and so yeah the 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 outer like i'm just thinking when you buy a, a bottle of uh, aspirin in the in the mm-hmm. in the store mm-hmm. the outer box will typically a lot of times have a label on it so that you have to kind of crack that label mm-hmm. to open the box and mm-hmm. then when you take the the bottle out as you've said before, sometimes you'll have a wrap around the, the, the neck of the bottle. So shrink, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. or the, the, the plastic shrink wrap that you have to crack. So there's multiple mm-hmm. layers even built into that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's interesting.
0: Yeah, if you look at, so if you look at tamper evidency, which I'll say we do probably more work on tamper evidency. Authenticity, yes, but... Um, mm-hmm. But solutions there, you know, you can start at a very basic, and that is an aggressive adhesive. So you have a a box with a a label growing around an edge, and and if you try to peel that label off, it's going to fiber tear the box. That Mm -hmm. goes to the same with the bags of food. It's a relatively simple label that just has an aggressive label or an aggressive adhesive on it. And when you try to open it up, it rips the fiber and you say, okay, that's been tampered with. Kind of the, another level would be of a frangible label. And all that means is if you try to pick or open that label, it'll break apart.
1: Oh, is so it actually breaks. It breaks yeah. um, okay. into
0: hundreds and hundreds of pieces. Gotcha. So it could be um, a, a vinyl, could be an acetate. There, there's multiple different face stocks, but they all would be frangible face stocks. So you you apply it once and you can never get it off mm-hmm. um, without mm-hmm. breaking it. And they'll, you know, some of the things they'll look at is heat guns or cooling it because. People always try to find a way, right? <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. And, and getting the adhesive to soften up, and trying to slide the label off—it's not. I won't say that it can't be done, but it. But with the right adhesive, it makes it very difficult. So that's the that's the other piece is, you know, you look at the face stock, you look at the adhesives, and you're trying to match that. Mm-hmm. So uh, another kind of product you would have is uh, void. And so what happens is it's a, a label, could be white, could be, you know, matte chrome, what have you. And when you peel the label off, there's layers in the label that split and they say void, void, void. Or you could have a custom pattern. So it could have, you know, a logo of some sort. Okay. And then on that, there's a, there's a couple types of void. One, you would want it to come off. So again, if it would be on a on a box, so that label is meant to come off. So when you remove the label, there's no adhesive, there's no tack to it because mm-hmm. you may want to get in and out of the box for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So the label will be uh, destroyed essentially, but there's no tack on it. Um, one of the applications, because of COVID last year, they were talking about hotels after they've cleaned a room putting a void label on it okay. and so then you as a consumer would uh see that it would say you know this room has been cleaned or some sort of message on it mm-hmm. and then you would peel that label off and it's like okay you're assured that it's clean
1: and you're good yeah on
0: on that one no residue so some some labels you could peel it off and there is a coating on it that's non-tack. Okay. On that when it goes to the next level is when you peel the label off, the label will still destroy itself, but there's no residue whatsoever because, you know, if if you change a room 300 days <laughs> Over time, if there's a residue buildup, it's not really a good look.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
0: And then the kind of the, the last sort of void is um, it meant to be there. Automotive, if you open your door, there's a sill plate that has, so the, there's a label that has information about the car. It could have a VIN number on the car that label is never meant to come off. So if you've removed the label, it means you are trying to tamper. On the, on the boxes, you are meant to get into that, and that's why there's no tack and no residue. Okay. On, on that one, if you're removing a VIN label, it's not a good thing. So those are those are permanent and, say, more industrial, and if you do remove that label, there will be an adhesive residue. So it's almost like you have to, you look at the application that you're you're trying to solve, and then decide which type of of product would go to that.
1: That that's perfect. And that that was actually the next question I was going to ask you is is how how the the type of application actually does affect the type of material that's used or the the solution that's that's mm-hmm. that's used. Yeah, I mean, can you can you just speak to that just for. I mean, I know you did. You kind of just yeah, did, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, again, um, a lot of it dis- is determined up front on what you want to label. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, are you labeling? Are you labeling directly on the good? Right. A car per se. Are you labeling on uh, a package, on a carton? All of those are going to determine the type of product, and then along with that, even some things can have a security feature in it. So uh, a good example, are um, uh, uh, child baby formula. Mm-hmm. So the powder, there is a, a label going along the neck that basically assures the container from opening. Okay. And then we have a product, it's, it's an MDO, so machine direction oriented film. So it will tear in one direction. So uh, essentially if you peel that label off it will rip straight across and now you can open up and get into the baby formula. So gotcha. that that's an example of a, a functional label. So really it's it's it does go back to what are you labeling? Is it a shape? Is it a box? Is it a what? Yeah. And that really determines like I said even even to the point of an easy solution of, you know, a film label that you've put um, security slits in it. There's lots of different solutions okay. and it really comes down to the, the, the value of the product and what type of um, shape you're trying to label, essentially.
1: So let me ask you this, and, and this is kind of off, the, off mm-hmm. the path a little bit, but not really. I'm, I'm a big music fan. Mm-hmm. I, I used to buy, I'm gonna date myself here, Todd, but that's okay, you'll, you'll, you'll know. I used to buy a ton of CDs. Mm-hmm. I don't buy them as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But you would buy the CD in the the CD case, and it would have that that film across Mm -hmm. the top. I I had the hardest time getting that thing off, number one. And number two, it always left a sticky residue. So
0: it was supposed – so I I think they wanted three pieces. Okay. It was Mm -hmm. never supposed to come off cleanly. Okay. Because
1: Wh- why is that? Because that b- has bothered me for years. Because that goes back
0: to the tamper-evident piece. Okay. If you were able to get the label off cleanly, theoretically, you could peel the label off, open it up, take the take the CD out, burn it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: put the CD back in. As in, yeah, that would be dating it too. Right. <laughs> Making a copy of that CD, putting the CD in, putting the label back on, and then returning it.
1: But so, the label always – didn't. it didn't destroy itself, but you kind of – But used it did job.
0: break into a couple pieces. Yeah, and it
1: was that film, and a lot of times you'd try to mm. pull it, and it would kind of roll, you know, or it would, yeah. it would rip. Right. But and that makes sense, what you're saying. That just always bugged me so <laughs> – To your other
0: question, though, bad adhesive. Yeah.
1: Okay. Bad so, adhesive. So
0: um, – or inappropriate adhesive. I mean, we make – you know, there are, there are permanent adhesives – there are very easily removable adhesives, and there is a spectrum in between. Mm-hmm. So that case, I think, are probably polycarbonate.
1: Yeah. Some. Yeah.
0: Um, and so, if you have a permanent adhesive going on a polycarbonate surface, when you peel a label off, you're going to have a residue. If if they didn't want the residue to be there, they could have just changed the adhesive mm. to make it a more appropriate aggressive adhesive. But when you peel it, it would come off cleanly instead of leaving the residue on it. So uh, it, it always does. It's interesting that um, when people design products, the label may be done kind of late in the game. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you knew what they were looking for um, at the very beginning, you could design the right face stock, the right adhesive to go with that packaging.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. So that uh, that actually makes me feel a lot better. Because I, I have I have CD cases at home that are probably 15, 20 mm-hmm. years old that still have residue film of course, on them. Me and too. <laughs> yep. It has always bothered me, but I guess it's good to know that that was intended to be that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Okay. And that is a safety and tamper evident tamper yeah. evident mm-hmm. feature that was that was built in. So it was very interesting very interesting that's awesome so so i guess the the next question is you know and that kind of leads into it how does a how does a company really determine what what solution is best for them is and and does it just is it just a matter of again the the value of the goods or the packaging or is it kind of all in all encompassing like how does a company really start down the the road for you know, acquiring a brand protection solution, what's the best way do you think to do that?
0: Well, I mean, it goes to what you just said. I mean, it, it first starts with the good, the value of the product. I mean, that's that's an easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, as in, I'm not gonna put a holographic void label with fluorescence in it on a $1 bottle of water. Right. but. But if it's hundreds of dollars for that good, I may put those multiple layers, including a, you know, a, a, an intelligent label. But the other thing you have to look at is, and especially when you get to some of the frangibles, is the surface flat? Is there a curve on the surface? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so acetates, for example, are relatively rigid, so you may not want to put that on a curved surface. Whereas um, a the vinyl is very conformable, mm-hmm. but it's very frangible. <laughs> so right. so yeah, it, it, it and then it's kind of like what you said. on that CD case, you pulled the label off of it, it left some residue on it, but the actual CD itself was intact, and you wouldn't put any features on that CD, right? So again, right. is it the product? is it the package, is it the, the carton, is it the case? So what, what level are you putting that security feature into?
1: So that's really, and again, we kind of touched on it earlier, companies selling products and goods of, of all types and, and values really up the supply chain are, are using brand protection now, at least in some, some form or fashion. And, and I guess back to the CD example, I 20 years ago I never even realized that that was a brand protection feature it just never right. dawned on me but right. obviously that's something that's been used for for years and years and so I guess you know having consulting with someone that has the knowledge that that you have and that Avery has and that you know, our guys here at GBS have in developing those solutions is really what we're 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 here to do and mm-hmm. to work with with customers and companies that are either just getting into brand protection, maybe have never done brand protection, but are now, you know, maybe through the, the last few years, realizing the the importance of it and the, and the need of it. So right. there's no
0: there's no product that won't be touched over the years. If, if you look at, Interesting. you know, the, the growth of the security side of it, it is, you can't see my finger, but <laughs> I, I, you know, the, the scale of it is just exploding right now. Yeah. And, and again, they don't have to be complex solution that, that small little, you know, round label on a, on a bag of whatever costs no more than a standard semi-gloss label Mm. It just is designed to rip the bag. Right. It's free, essentially.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, so I, I, I guess um, I would just encourage anybody that's, that's listening that, that is either considering brand protection or, or is doing brand protection, maybe wants to do it better, you know, reaching out to, to, to GBS and uh, you know, reaching out to, to Avery. And we can kind of consult with you and help you with some of these solutions because there is, and I know Michael just sort of touched on the the tip of the iceberg here. I know that there's, there's, there's plenty of solutions and materials, and the and the and the, the applications for them are, I don't want to say endless, but mm-hmm. uh, but as you said, uh, ever expanding. Correct. So. Yeah, so that's that's great to know. So I would just encourage anybody out there that's interested to, to reach out to to uh, us or reach out to Avery, and we can certainly help you and consult you and uh, kind of figure out which, which path is best for you to protect your particular brand and product. So, Michael, anything else that I forgot to mention or anything else that you would like to mention that we haven't discussed?
0: No, I think you got it. I mean, okay. essentially, okay. like you said... There's multiple, multiple materials, adhesives, face stocks, like even the fluorescing piece I didn't really touch about, mm. but you can have it in the face, you can have it in the adhesive. There's an infinite number of combinations. Yeah. And again, like I said, most people will not put just one specific feature in it. You'll have authenticity and tamper evident and, and multiple different layers. So there's there's no... There's a solution for everything, but some of those solutions can get complex depending on what you're looking at.
1: Right, All right. and and to your point, a company may not need a very complex solution. Absolutely. maybe something simple, and that's something. That, yeah, something that we can we can help them with as well. So, well, that's that's everything I had, Mike, um, and I I really appreciate your time, your expertise obviously very well versed and experienced in this field and um, I I just appreciate the information that you shared with us today and you being with us and um, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks. This show has been a production of
0: GBS. For more information on the topics discussed today or the solutions offered, contact us at marketing at gbscorp.com. That's marketing at gbscorp.com. Or you can call at 800-552-2427. And lastly, check us out on the web at www.gbscorp.com. That's www.gbscorp.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes.